Podcast, ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Right now, let's talk about, well, the future of conservatism. That's what former Prime Minister Liz Truss uh, wanted to talk about at her launch of Popcon, popular conservatism, uh, yesterday. We covered it on the show yesterday. She was there with uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg and other prominent, uh, I suppose, you you say lefties, so I say righties on the party, Lee Anderson and others. And one of the things she had to say was that the Conservatives have failed to take on left-wing extremism in government, in the bureaucracy. Uh, And also, at the same event, was Nigel Farage in his uh, uh, role as a journalist. But he warned that the Tories face extinction. I'm wondering... Are they both right? Are they both wrong? Joining me right now to discuss this is Conservative peer and polling expert, Lord Robert Hayward, and also still with us in the studio, uh, Benedict Spence. Good morning once again to you both. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, Lord Hayward, um, can I just play a couple of clips, uh, certainly of what Nigel Farage had to say to lead us into this? Um, But um, we have to obviously what what Liz Truss had to say um, in the speech, talking about, you know, we need to go for you know low you know cutting back on immigration, lower taxes, um, tackling the woke issue. But the, the reason why none of this actually happened was this failure to tackle ex, you know extreme leftism uh, in in every echelon of British life in a lot of our institutions, um, and the failures of that many of saying is behind the fact that the Tories are so far behind in the polls, normally around twenty points behind, and set to do very badly at the next election partly also at the hands of this man, Nigel Farage, of course, who is still president of Law of Reform UK. Um, here's what he had to say about the Tories losing in uh, whenever the election is. They're going to lose the next election. Maybe they reform and change afterwards. Or maybe, rather like Canada 30 years ago, maybe we're at one of those moments where they simply need to be replaced. This is way too late. You know, the sense of betrayal that millions of voters feel, the optimism of that 2019 manifesto, the feeling that not only did they not deliver it, but they never actually believed in it when they put it to the public. Now, it can't be turned around. He also, um, that was in conversation with our Peter Carbwell, who had talked to me in conversation with Beth Rigby at Sky News. He also had this to say. They've been around since 1834. They're now facing a possible extinction event, and they know it. Um, I think Popcorn makes it six families now of backbench Conservative MPs. They are busily divided. I don't know what the outcome of all of this is going to be, but we do, for the first time ever, uh, think it's possible to replace them. Well, uh, Lord Hayward, um, your reaction to all of that? Are the Tories finished? Is it because of the criticisms Liz Truss uh, made? And, and can the Reform UK replace them? No, I think... Um... Nigel Farage clearly has his own agenda. He was there, as you say, as a reporter, um, but he has his own specific agenda. And therefore, it's a case of the classic phrase, he would say that, wouldn't he? Um, There's no question that Conservatives are in serious difficulty in terms of the opinion polls. They've uh, been flatlining for a a long period of time. But there's actually a broader sense within society, which that clip doesn't address, which is disaffection with politics in general. And my big fear at the next election, um, along with the fear that the Tories might lose, is also that there will be a marked downturn in uh, turnout at the election because people just don't like any of the above. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's one of the issues, isn't it? That's general disaffection, that whatever you promise, it's not going to happen. What's the point? I won't bother. And I always think that's the worst case scenario for all of us if people don't vote. I strongly feel people should vote, even just to show they vote for democracy at, at the very least. Um, but the thing is, some of these key criticisms, you know, like, particularly from Nigel Farage, that actually... You know this, this this belief that well this party will survive and, and it, they own the, the the you know the moderate right although on the left they think they're extreme right far right even for some of their views uh, and that and that they it's just it's theirs to keep. Well, we've seen you know the, you know the Liberal Party pretty much disappeared. We've seen in recent years. I mean since I've been on air in 2016 here on Talk TV, we Talk Radio first up, we had you know the end of it was the end of uh, the big parties. It was going to be coalitions, wasn't it? No. Then it was going to be the return of you know the the, the uh, of the Conservative Party, return of the Labour Party. Then the Labour Party were wiped out. I mean, we, I don't think any of us is in a position to make any predictions because the electorate is more volatile than it's ever been. I think they're also more wise than people give them credit for. Yes. Um, people say, oh, this is the end. You should say the end of this, that or the other. Um, people make their own judgments about the political parties and then cast a vote, hopefully, um, for whichever party they prefer. But it's right that people have more alternatives or more credible alternatives this time round, because, it, and this is where Nigel Farage is wrong, he's talking purely about reform, but also if you talk generally to people who are 18 to 30, they will identify Greens as the alternative. Of they um, a friend of mine, colleague of mine here in the House of Lords said that when he used to uh, go canvassing for the Lib Dems. Uh, it was, well, you don't like the other two, so vote for us because we're the alternative. And he made the observation that it's now, oh, well, we don't like any of the above, so we've now got all these others, including Greens. But of course, and you and I know... There will be a lot of votes from going. We don't, we don't live in a you know PR system like much of Europe, so you can get... I think was the last... Uh, I think I think under, when there's a sort of PR system, the Greens can get up to 13% uh, previously. I think that was so high, but in general election, it's four percent because people go well at the point at the point at which they vote. They they often vote on the basis of well, I don't like them the most, so I'll vote for the party that can beat them. So a lot of tactical voting, isn't there? But at the end of the day, people vote on. We're told, you know, one of Clinton's advisers famously said, "It's the economy, stupid. Cost of living crisis still are, are, are here. It may not be on the front pages every single day, but it's still affecting." Most people's lives in this country, they're still having to cut their cloth, they're still dealing with it, they're not going to forget very quickly. But we know, of course, the issue like immigration, legal and illegal, people waiting on the NHS, all of these stories constantly in the public eye, um, people are going to be making their judgment. But what I'm hearing from pollsters again and again is people aren't saying the Tories are terrible and Labour look really brilliant. I really like the cut of Keir Starmer's jib. He seems like a man who'll get things done. I trust what they're going to do in their policies. What I'm hearing is, they're awful. The Tories are awful. They've done a terrible job. They didn't live up to expectations. We need to punish them. We may as well give, may as well give this, this useless lot on the Labour side their chance too. It's not really a great endorsement, is it? No, and I think if there's a number of poll, polls where actually the Labour Party are not identified as the party of change. And that's why there is discussion about other political parties as well, uh, because a fair number of uh, the electorate are actually saying they want a change, but they don't feel they're necessarily being offered that change. And particularly because 
Keir Starmer has not been able to get his message across as to what he actually wants to do with the opportunity to govern. And if there isn't a sense, which there was in 1996, there... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Very clearly a sense that there, that there would be a change. Um, people won't necessarily vote for the Labour Party. They won't necessarily vote. That, that, um, yeah, they won't actually turn out. Well, in terms of what Liz Truss had to say, look, you know, everyone very, very excited in Westminster, but we've seen group after group after group after group. I mean, just a huge number of different organisations. This is the popular conservatism. I think about 30 MPs in there. European Research Group, New Conservatives, Northern Research Group, Conservative Democrat Organisation, Common Sense Group, Conservative Growth Group, One Nation Caucus, I mean, most people haven't heard of any of these people. Maybe, maybe in Brexit they heard of the ERG more. They had quite a lot of power along with the DUP. But otherwise, people go, what on earth is this about? Is this about dividing the party even more and making them even more ineligible? Or is this about trying to show some force to push the government, the existing government, Rishi Sunak, into actually making, pushing some of the policies that would actually entice voters? Because it seemed to me the stuff that Liz Truss was talking about is the sort of stuff a lot of Tory voters would very much approve of. Well, may I firstly congratulate you on producing the list of the different Thanks groups. Thanks my producer, which, Lauren. You put them on the list. Which is actually all the same groups, because <laughs> the reality is that it's the same people in all those different organisations. Yeah. Not the One Nation uh, Corps, because no they're different. Yeah, but your uh, strapline when we started this session was flop cons. <laughs> and that is actually what happened yesterday. Um, and uh, But the message is that that group of people carrying on talking about themselves and what they want to do after an election are distracting and therefore themselves causing a problem for the Conservative Party. But if you look at what they're talking about, that is what the majority of Conservatives want to achieve. If you say we want lower taxes, we want this, we want that, that's what everybody wants to achieve within the Conservative Party. Um, what they seem to be doing is trying to say, well, we'll do it better. Uh, but unfortunately, when you choose Liz Truss uh, to be the lead spokeswoman on the subject, it's not really credible given her own poll ratings and the events uh, of a while back. Yeah, indeed. Just finally, I want to ask you very briefly, because with that poll recently um, in the Telegraph showing that electoral annihilation for the Tories, now you're not just a Tory peer, you're a, you're a, a pollster as well. Um, you've been very critical of the people behind this organisation, the um, Conservative Britain Alliance apparently were behind this poll, but no one knows who they are or who's funding them. Well, what are your concerns there, briefly? My big concern is that their actions are anti-democratic. There are other parts of the world where people are desperate for democracy and will fight for it and work hard for it. In this country, we have an open democracy and you should have the courage to stand up and say, I'm funding an opinion poll. Yeah. Um, it's anti-democratic. And what I said about these people was that they got fat wallets uh, and no honour. And I believe that very strongly in an openly democratic society, you should say what you believe, whatever it may happen to be. 
Lord Hayward, strong words there. Thank you very much. Still with me uh, is Benedict Spence. Um, um, in terms of Tory uh, chances at the next election, if any? Nil. No chance. No chance at all. And the a short conversation. The, the fear is also then what comes next. And I'm afraid to hear... Is it a fear? Yes, I think it should be fair, because even though Labour are very bad, that doesn't mean people are going to forgive the Conservatives anytime soon, uh, which is what they found the last time they decided, oh, let's have a period outside of government and it'll all be fine. I, I worry for actually, freedom of speech. I worry for it under this government, but it's going to be even worse. Under... It is going to be worse. Yeah. I'm afraid to say, actually, that whoever's idea it is to, you know, latch the future to Liz Truss, who, as was just said, is massively discredited, shows the complete idiocy in terms of so many people who genuinely mm. believe that this is how you're going yeah. to persuade the public. But yes, actually, also the people still go, oh, if only Boris was back. Oh, he, yes. Just Fantastic. Painful. Yeah, those people. But, Absolutely you know, painful. Well, it's nothing to do with woke stuff, actually, that's the issue. It's basic things. It's the economy. It's house building. Yeah. Those are the it's things that, that the Tories have failed on. Indeed.
Julia Hartley Brewer podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer podcast from Talk Radio.